0: Hi Sarah, how are you today?
1: Hi, I'm great, thank you. Thanks for inviting me to uh, be part of the podcast.
0: You are so welcome and I am today reflecting on my gratitude for NVC and how it came into my life and how much my life is different because of NVC that we're going to talk about today because I started learning NVC just as I became a parent. So yeah, I'm reflecting on my gratitude for how different my life is now, in a good way, because of what I've learned. Yeah, so I'm I'm grateful in this moment for Marshall Rosenberg, who um, is the founder of nonviolent communication, and and I guess I'm, I'm grateful for the vision of people who are committed to finding. Better ways of living and better ways of connecting, connecting to self and community and the natural world, which obviously is big for me. And I'm grateful that you're here today. So I'm wondering if you would mind starting with sharing some gratitude.
1: Yeah, it's interesting hearing you you um, share gratitude for for MVC, Nonviolent Communication, and it, it kind of reminds me of uh, my journey. And um, I I had MVC before I became a parent and uh um and I thought I was going to be an amazing parent because <laughs> I had this MVC and then my daughter was born. Uh, <laughs> and it all kind of went to pot a little bit. Um, and I am really grateful for MVC for on that journey because um I don't know what kind of parent I would have been without MVC. And I know I'm I'm happier about how I parent than than I would have been without it, massively, massively happier very grateful for the for the capacity to kind of be alongside and connect with with my daughter and be compassionate with myself as well so I think that's something I'm I'm really grateful for that I've got through nonviolent communication which is my capacity to be compassionate with myself that's you know that's a huge thing we can be so hard on ourselves and I can still do that to some degree and there's a lot a lot more compassion than there was before I discovered NVC And I'm also grateful for the community of of trainers in the UK, um, some of whom are very dear friends of mine, and that sort of shared holding of what NBC is and can be.
0: Mm, Yeah, thank you. And yeah, I mean, it's such a journey, isn't it? Parenting and living and being and trying to be pioneers of new ways and having supportive communities. So. Yeah, I really join you with all of those gratitudes and yeah, really grateful to be speaking with you. So for people who have never heard of NBC or who have never at least done a training or, or really know what nonviolent communication is, would you mind doing a sort of whistle-stop tour of the basics in order to um yeah give a foundation for the rest of the conversation that I hope we'll have
1: oh wow a whistle stop tour of the basics (laughs) yeah I mean what even is NVC is is the first question and and there are many ways to answer that so on one level we could say that NVC is a a consciousness a way of uh, a way of thinking a way of seeing the world and it's a way of Uh, or a mindset. And it's a mindset which encourages us or invites us to move beyond ideas of um, rightness and wrongness to really just getting curious about each other as human beings and that leading to more understanding, compassion and connection. And that connection allowing us to be more creative in finding solutions and dealing with difficulties Alongside that, MVC is a very practical tool. I mean, how many training courses has, you know, have you ever been on where you do training on communication skills and you know, you talk about listening and um and um open questions and those kind of things? And it's it's very kind of loose to some degree. And MVC provides a very clear and simple structure uh, with very clear building blocks to help us communicate and Help us shift to this different consciousness of um, curiosity and compassion. So it's both the consciousness, it's a, a very simple practical tool for communicating differently. Uh, Marshall Rosenberg also talked about it is a spiritual practice, so that the, the practice of MBC that shifts us into a different consciousness can be a, a spiritual practice. It's a way of living. Actually, it's a choice that I make to hold this consciousness at the centre of the, the way I live my life. Um, so that's a little bit about what NVC is, how we might describe NVC. And you were kind of wanting the basics as well. Mm-hmm. And is, well that, is that true or have I said enough?
0: Maybe that's enough for now, because I think for people who have never heard of nonviolent communication or maybe have heard of it, but don't really know what it is, it's quite a difficult thing to explain, isn't it? It's one of those things where you're like, well, don't I communicate already? Okay. Don't I, um, does, does I, (laughs) excuse me. Does it mean that I am violent whenever I communicate, (laughs) whenever I don't use nonviolent communication? I don't feel I am. And I, I've had those questions before. um, And I wonder if you could speak to that those sort of um doubts and qu- doubts that might come up regularly yeah. around mvc because of what it's called and because of the the premise that um maybe things aren't as good as they could be and using this could
1: open up new ways of being yeah yeah i can certainly do that and and i i will say that the easiest way to really get a sense of the difference that MVC can bring is to, is to work a little example because then a personal example for each person, because mm. you get to, to feel the difference, mm. to feel the experience, the transformation of how I'm communicating now to what might be possible if I chose to just explore MVC consciousness. Mm. So what, what I can say to share with a, with a general audience is that um yeah, so the, the word I, I mean, I, I, it's interesting because um, I've heard people say that if he had his time again, Marshall Rosenberg, who, uh, who developed the process and came up with a name, perhaps would have called it something diff- different. Um, on the other hand, I was talking to somebody who's really into marketing the other day, and he was saying, actually, it's a great name because it's controversial and it gets people talking. And nonviolence comes from the Sanskrit word the sanskrit word for nonviolence is ahimsa and himsa is violence and in sanskrit as i understand it when you put the letter a in front of a word it means the absence of and not as in english where you, you sort of almost emphasize the violence so nonviolence uh, the a in front the ahimsa is it's like the absence of violence almost almost being in a, um, a state where we can't even conceive of violence so it's a whole other way of being. And in terms of how we communicate, there are lots of ways we communicate that are, um, they might have loving intention. Um, you know, we, it's how we've been raised to communicate. And NVC can bring more kind of heart-based consciousness to, to those things. So for example, if I, um, if I make a mistake, I might say to myself, "Oh, you really messed up, there, Sarah. You, you know, you are oh, you idiot. You shouldn't have done that." And no, that's that's not that harsh. It's fairly gentle. Um, and there might be another way where I actually just really take a little bit of care of myself. And I, I kind of, you know, I think about what I've done. I, I try and shift out of the story about you know about who I am and go, "Okay, what did I actually do?" You know, because if I shift from well, I um, I'm an idiot. I messed that up to um, I pressed send before I'd finished the email. And so the email went half written. Already, there's a there's a difference in the uh, in the emotional experience that I'm having. And then with MVC, I would kind of go, OK, so this is what well, that's what I did. And how do I feel about that? And what, what what's important to me about that? So there's a sort of a kindness in that communicating with myself. And alongside that, because I'm connecting with what's really important for me, it, it, it's, it's a way of getting to know myself better and really being with myself in the moment, in the present. How am I right now about what's going on in my life and about this thing that's just happened? And when I take that time to, and it can be done quickly as we get, you know, it doesn't have to take you know, 10 minutes or, or an hour. It can be done in, in a few seconds. When I spend that time, it leads me to, choices or ways of moving things forward that really speak to what's important rather than skating on the surface of life. And I can also hear other people's words that way. So, I mean, a, a classic one of mine, and, and I, I have to say that my daughter has never said this to me, but, but you know, let's imagine that, that the child says, I hate you, you know, the ch- that's not what, the, you know, they, yeah, they do mean it in that moment. To my mind, that's not what they're actually saying. What they're actually saying is, might be, I need reassurance. I need to know that however, whatever I do or whatever happens, you're still going to be there for me. I need you to know that I really don't like what you're doing right now. So it's a way of um, both being more present and heartful to myself, but also being more present and heartful when I'm listening to other people. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm. which is so powerful and so needed right now in the world the listening the listening oh my goodness what if we could all listen really from that place of of deep connection and ability to sift through the words to see and feel the need behind the the problem behind the presentation because we 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 get so confused. We we really do, don't we? We we mess things up a lot in terms of how we speak to each other and how we speak to ourselves. And and sometimes we don't, and I guess a lot of the time we don't even know we're doing it. We don't even know often what we're feeling. Never mind how to express that and tell anybody else how we're feeling, and then have them hear that in a way that they can respond. It's a whole lot of, of um blaming and shaming. That um that goes on, I think, in the world today and and expectations and and disappointments because we just miss each other all the time, so I got into MVC the first time i ch- I did a foundation in MVC was with Penny Vine, who I absolutely love, who's a fantastic trainer, and I know she 's a mutual friend of yours and yes. uh, and colleague, and um Penny Vine. Shares MVC with such passion and authenticity. And she's a fantastic human who's done so much work in the world and and bringing MVC forward. And personally, is a really beautiful friend who I'm really grateful to have known. And I really think my life would have been different had she not been in it. So I just need to say that here and now. Um, I did my first foundation with Penny when I used to work at a place called Wood School, which is an outdoor school. Where children spent up to five days a week learning in nature, and the approach that the whole school took was an MVC approach. I also met you there at a different time, a later date, and we did. A, I did a, an, a further um, foundation training. I've done so many, actually. <laughs> I just kept going back for more and more trainings because every time I did it, I just had such huge aha moments. But that first one, I just remember. sitting in the room and had I was had a baby um like a I think my son was about three months old or something at the time so um he was in a sling and I was learning this these processes as you say these building blocks for how you can structure conversations or thought processes even about feelings needs and um well, feelings and needs that was the thing for me I was just like oh god I don't even have the language and that's me I was a social worker at the time I had been working with people for years I've done conflict resolution work I have um, spent a lot of time trying to you know personal growth those kinds of things that I, I am privileged enough to have access to in in becoming a better human and and I MVC was like a real eye-opener for me in how different life could be if we all had the language of connection, of feelings, needs, and requests. And I know some of the criticisms of MVC are that it can feel quite mechanical and quite robotic. And I guess when you start with MVC, it can be that way because we're learning a new language. You, you wouldn't learn French and all of a sudden, be able to be fluent in it. it's like it is actually as though you're learning a new language because you're having to think differently and be different and for me, that has revolutionized the way that i I listen mainly and i don't definitely definitely don't always get things right, but I am much more able to see um and hear and feel when people have difficult things to say and um, and when I am feeling difficult things, a lot, lot more, as you say, a lot more compassion. What brought you to MBC?
1: I came across MVC as part of a coaching course. So the it was a sort of a small independent organization um working in the arts sector, actually. And MVC was one of the things that they introduced, and uh, and it really uh, it really struck me. And the woman who um was running the course. She said that Marshall Rosenberg was still alive, um, but it was also, you know, quite quite old by this point, and that he was somebody really worth spending time with. And uh, and then I, and I I did that. I, I Marshall used to travel the world, spreading the message of MVC or sharing MVC, trying to get as many people to engage with it as possible. Uh, and so I was able to spend sort of two or three days with him when he was in in the UK. And the thing that really struck me was that when when I applied an NBC lens to situations, it just brought so much clarity to where I was and where the other person was. So instead of this mess of blaming and that sort of like me having a story of what happened and then I'm telling my story to the other person and they're kind of completely denying my story because it's different to their story and then, and then I'm kind of – it's almost as if the world is disintegrated because – Our stories are so different. How can we possibly exist in the same space? To having a real clarity of like, yeah, okay, so this is mine. This belongs to me in this space that encircles me, and that belongs to you, and that's in your space. That's your experience. And I can listen to your experience, and I can share my experience. And and when we actually focus on noticing the difference between the stories that we make up about ourselves and other people and actually what, what happens It provides a safer ground or a more shared ground, actually, of of where we're standing. Um, So that was what really struck me and and how I got into it. And then I went on a 15-day thing called Special Sessions that Marshall was running. And there was a real focus there of wanting to not just introduce MVC as this wonderful thing for individuals to learn to improve communication and relationships, But Marshall's agenda was very much about social change. How do we change um, society to make it more compassionate, loving, uh, to have more connection and more aliveness, um, more vibrancy for everyone?
0: Mm, Yeah, which is one of the things that also inspired me about it. I, I remember hearing stories about him working in Palestine and working in Rwanda. Am I yes, right? yeah, yeah, where he, he worked with the Hutus and the Tutsis.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: And um, wow, you know, that was pretty a pretty special story. I don't um, recall the details, but to even step into those areas and be willing to to undertake, um, you know, group conflict resolution with communities that have been so wounded historically, and are still being um, you know having to deal every day and every moment with the consequences of those conflicts and the terrible, terrible things that have occurred um, and and with with much success, I believe you know that it was amazing, and I feel really um yeah so grateful that uh, he and others have you know taken that forwards and are actually trying to implement. Um, different ways of being at that level of course I do believe that we all need to do the work ourselves in order to be able to implement and create ripples of change in our own lives which then go on into our communities and beyond but at the same time we need to actually look at some of these core wounds of our society and and some of the things that have happened that have really disconnected communities Is, is there work still happening around NBC and social change and Um, projects that you know of or um can you share any stories about um significant projects
1: um well i might have to think about that so let me let me um okay let me start with uh with just sharing that mvc has always been and still is often used in situations where there is conflict uh because one of the things it does is to help people understand each other Mm. You know, it's sort of it, it's I mean, you talked about it being uh, like another language and, and it is it's a way of. So it's, it's almost like we, tra- we translate. When I hear a message, I translate it and I hear what's you know, what's the what's the heart saying? Because I, I really believe that the heart is always saying, um, you know, that w- every action that, that human beings take is usually just trying to meet a need in the best way that we we know how in any particular moment. And sometimes because of our experiences or our resources or the culture that we're brought up in, those things can be very harmful. And if we can hear the message underneath, it doesn't, you know, it's not denying the consequence. We do need to deal with the consequence of behaviors. And it allows me to see the human being underneath. Mm -hmm. That's why it works so well in conflict situations, because I can I can see the humanity of the person. And when I see the humanity unless I'm in a lot of pain myself, which, you know, which gets in the way of seeing, then my heart opens and um, I'm able to, to see the other person. As I say, we still need to deal with the consequences. It's not about you know anyone can get away with anything now. It, it just allows, if we're able to get that heart opening, we're in a, we're in a um, I find, a more compassionate space to, to move forward together um, and, to, and to make choices about how to do things differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of where is NBC being used, um, I know it's being used. It's been used. Um, it was used in um, in Bosnia. Um, there are there are trainers in Bosnia now. So you know this is going back some time still. But the, around the kind of conflict uh, in Bosnia, there's still work happening in Israel and Palestine. There are projects in prisons um, where MBC has made uh, made a huge difference um, mm-hmm. In the UK, um, I'm part of a group who we work to support people who are part of the MVC community who are in conflict. Now, I, I you know, it's, it's, it's very easy. And I remember, I think I was probably, this was probably something that came up for me when I first let MVC that, oh, now I can, I'm learning to speak this language, you know, I'm not going to have conflict anymore because we'll be able to understand each other. and And that's, That's not true um, because, you know, we've been learning this other language. We've been speaking this other language and living in this culture for our whole lives. And our, our ancestors before us have been living in this culture, which doesn't always connect with needs or, you know, might drop into blaming or judgmental language. And so when things go awry, when we do misunderstand each other, it's easy to slip back into those patterns and in a way that makes it worse because people kind of go, how can this be happening? This is MVC. We should all be able to connect. And, it, and it's really painful when that, when that doesn't happen. So there has been conflict um, in the MVC community. And so we wanted to find a way to hold that conflict and to support people to hold that conflict differently in a more kind of compassionate and, and holding a sense of, Restoration. There's been a lot of um, practices around restorative justice, and there's an aspect about within nonviolent communication. How do we how do we restore when things have broken down? And um, it, it brings a new a new way of looking at conflict. Actually, that that conflict is not a bad thing. Conflict is actually natural and normal. You know, conflict. Uh, we need conflict because conflict often brings a message you know, conflict tells me that something needs to change. Conflict tells me that, that not everyone's needs are met. Conflict tells me that, that somebody is, you know, somebody is suffering or unhappy. And if I can pay attention to that conflict, if I'm able to walk towards that conflict, then there's learning there. There's potential for coming together. I mean, I was in a meeting yesterday where I was feeling kind of pressured and had had been feeling pressured about a, a certain situation um, over a few weeks. So you know, it, it's tiny. It was more of a tension than conflict. But it you know, it it it, it, ha- it was the it potentially the roots because it, it starts with that kind of tension, that discomfort, that sense of this person's not appreciating me. And I stepped forward and actually kind of you know named how I was feeling and shared what was going on for me, and then listened um to the other person and actually it was it was me going hang on there's something there's something uncomfortable here let's step towards it that actually allowed greater greater connection to happen if i had shied away from conflict um or from tension from from discomfort then potentially that conflict grows and grows and people split apart so it's sort of shifting our whole way of of looking at conflict and and um noticing earlier and paying attention and even when things do you know do build up um and and relationships do break down or conflicts become more serious that we can we can still find ways of um not resolving things because you know that suggests that it's going to be okay and things are going to you know we're going to make things back to the way they were before and I don't think that's realistic but a way of moving through conflict together and being able to carry on when we're in relationship or community or when, um, you know, when we, when people are important to us Mm. more, I could say about that, Leona, but I'm, I'm, I'm stopping. I'm pausing there. (laughs) There's so much, isn't
0: there? I mean, everything that you said then just brought me, brought me to thinking about how the root often of the conflict and the disconnect that we have in society is due to us not having the ability to be able to turn towards conflict in a healthy way it's normal and natural given the way things are for us to try and protect ourselves from conflict and run away from it or we do the opposite so we we either defend or we attack in order to prevent ourselves from being the wounded ones because we don't have the tools our culture And the way our society is organised doesn't currently um, teach us how to move through difficult situations so that we can hold everybody's needs um, with care equally, recognising the differences that we all have and, and that that's okay. And that there is way, there are usually ways that we can move through to find solutions that meet everybody's needs. But, but we hold so tightly to our own, um, you know, protect ourselves quite rightly because, you know, we're not in a, a society where people can hear and, and move through things that it, it's really hard. It's really hard, isn't it? I mean, my, my situation, my journey through NBC is when I started learning MBC, I started what, it was quite challenging at first, actually, because what I was hearing more than I'd ever heard before was how violent um, to use the, the, the the small V, everybody's communication was, you know, in the way that my parents spoke to each other and me, and the way I protected myself from that, the way that, that I spoke to people in order to try and get what I wanted. And it wasn't clear. And my intention, my heart, I thought I was clear, but actually I was being manipulative. And I think we all do that. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm holding that even with care. The word manipulative can be quite a, a, ba- a bad tr- trait and, and a bad criticism, but, but it, in order, we all are always trying to just get our, our needs met, as you said before. And, and yeah, and I was hearing like daggers. I was hearing people's violent communication coming at me all the time and, and getting really hurt and frustrated. Like you're not speaking to me in an MBC way. <laughs> Even if I wasn't saying that, that's what I was feeling. Like, how do I, if I'm aware of this, how do I protect myself? How do I turn that around and change things? And it's massive because you know that's that's on on an individual level, but then we've got societies and we've uh, you know companies and organisations and schools and and all of the institutions that are so entrenched in blaming and shaming and. Guilt and punishment, and not at all about creating space for healing and deep listening and and moving forwards in a good way and and that, that really hurt. I used to be a social worker and um, and I was working with people who yeah who, ha- who were so disconnected from their own needs and feelings and so disconnected from the needs of the people around them and and, and actually just the needs of humans you know that that you know lives were lives were just unbearable for many um that I was working with and so messy so messy and so and it was all so unnecessary and then and then I was working in teams with people who were so overstretched and so and there was no avenues for you know communicating the difficulties and the inability to, to be able to do work and no ways of, of working that out. And because the the structures that we were working in just didn't allow for that and didn't ask for that and didn't want, didn't seem to want to change in a way that would actually be more healthy for it, the people who are working for them. Never mind the people who are being served by the social workers. And and then, you know, and then and then it goes beyond and beyond, you know, you look at, you know, who commissions services and the government and how that's all organized and you're just like whoa this we are it it can feel a little bit overwhelming once you start seeing the scale of the problem of the you know of our inability to actually really be with what is and commit to wanting connection and change because really that's what it comes down to isn't it that all parties involved really believe in and commit to wanting things to be different and to find connection maybe it doesn't need all parties involved to to commit to that but (laughs) but it's difficult whenever one side does want change and wants things to be different and, and the other side doesn't even acknowledge or know that that's a possibility that could make things better for them does that make sense
1: yeah and I and I think it's it's I mean sometimes sometimes you know when we're faced with change or people wanting things to be different it we can be fearful around that because because what we know already is is safe. Because I, I know, you know, it, it may not be perfect, but it, I know it and it's, you know, it gives me a sense of safety or people can hear the idea of change as a judgment um, mm-hmm. and as if they're being criticised and that can be challenging to, to deal with. I think a key thing that you mentioned there, Leona, the, was connection. So, you know, sometimes both sides do want change like in government what's missing is that connection and willingness to really listen to each other and um and take time to connect and understand so that when we move towards solutions we're we're doing it from that place of um connection and and clarity about what needs we're trying to meet mm. there's one other thing i wanted to say actually about what you were you you were just talking about which was sort of how aware you became of of violence of you know of the violence of people's language when you when you started learning nonviolent communication and I think it's really important to 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 name and acknowledge that calling anyone's communication violent is a judgment in itself yeah. you know and calling anyone you know calling anything manipulation is is a judgment, and those judgments might be accurate and they are judgments and 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 I just want to say that NBC is not about judging anyone's behaviour or criticising anyone. You know, I, I have complete compassion for for how all we human beings have um, are living in the societies and cultures that we're living in, and how we're trying to survive the best that we can. So, yeah. So it, you know, it's it's I would I would hate that anyone hears this and feels that there's criticism of. Uh, of who they are and where they are right now Mm -hmm. Uh, not what what I'm about Uh, you know I I have absolute trust that everyone is doing their best to to meet their needs in the in the way that they in in the ways that they have access to
0: yeah and I guess um, yeah picking up on that point about um, experience and feeling the violent communication and recognizing that that was me You know, you have that 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 um, conscious competence and unconscious incompetence. Then you've got the conscious incompetence and then you've got the the conscious competence, unconscious competence. And oh, that's what you're heading for, isn't it? That's a a very uh, waffly way of saying, you know. I think the learning process can be challenging because Mm. we are actually trying to unlearn certain ways, become aware, open ourselves up, allow ourselves to be vulnerable experience fully what's going on and then try and unpick all of that at the same time as living your normal life. It's, it's a big thing to go through. And yet um, what I would like to raise is some of the huge, huge breakthroughs that have occurred in my life because of aha moments that have happened around the simple, simple practices of MVC. One of them being um, so live wild the organization is a group of us who run it. And we were at a point of of splitting up, really. We, we, we all had different ways of working. We were all struggling after the death of one of our founder members, Laura McNally, who um, who was an amazing conflict resolution proponent and just a generally all-round very beautifully connected person and and we we were missing her and we were experiencing conflict within the within the organization and and there was a point at which we were so like ah at our wits end and someone suggested let's get the cards out the nvc cards. so for someone who's not used them before not done a workshop there is an amazing resource that you can get which are cards that name pretty much all of the feelings that we might feel in and around everyday life. And then there's a, a second set that is all of the needs that you might, one might experience. And that's not exhaustive, but it's quite a useful tool to be able to have laid out in front of you. And we all picked our feelings and our needs. And, um, and when you see them written down like that, you usually, you know, you can look through them all and you can see a few and you're like, well, yeah, right, Of course I need connection. Of course I need love. And of course I need Uh, but every now and then you'll get one that just jumps out and you're like autonomy. That's what I need. That was my thing, you know, and someone else was like, you know, I really need cooperation or I really need something else. And when you know what someone's number one priority in that moment is, and you can really hear that and see that, and it's not coming with any story or messiness attached to it. And you're like, Oh, well, can I, in my need for autonomy, also meet somewhat that person's need for cooperation you know and can they hearing my need for autonomy can that work and you know this moment stuck out to me because literally we we had this moment it was like all of a sudden the sun shone through in the window and we all um we, we just started bubbling with you know maybe the organization could be this and we could just we all need to be we could be separate um team leaders and that we could you know we didn't have to all decide on everything and and we restructured the organization in about 20 minutes um and had you know a vision that wasn't there before it all came collectively together because we'd seen and heard everybody and this we'd been battling for about three months really you know coming out of meetings distraught feeling quite depressed between meetings not sure how to move forwards and then this just this clarity (laughs) <laughs> through something so simple as that I remember it being like this room filled with light and um if I believed in angels or 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 something I would hear Aah! you know it was like so profound and we all felt it There was four of us in the room and um and and Live Wild exists today as it is because of um that moment because of NBC and I think sometimes we just need help, don't we? We just need help Mm. to sift through the things that are difficult. And that is something that I would recommend to anybody to actually not be afraid of in this day and age. We have the capacity and the opportunity to, um, and and there are people, individuals and organisations that are now willing and able and purposely driven to help people Conflict in a really healthy way that then goes on to um, to bring a, a conscious evolution of being, whether that's at an organizational level or an individual level, and usually it's both because you can't, you know, one doesn't usually happen without the other. Um, and I can name so many that have happened with my children. You know, my kids, they they are eleven and eight now, but when my son was four or five years old he used to, we'd get in a conflict, something would go wrong. And he'd go, I want to get the cards out. <laughs> Bless him. And we would sit and we would let get the cards out on the floor and he would pick what, what was going on for him. And I would pick what was going on for me and he would learn. And, you know, his emotional literacy is just like a hundred times more advanced than mine. And he feels it <laughs> so strongly, you know, he feels them really strongly. So it's not that we have less conflict, as you say, conflict's part of life, but it is yes. that we can get to the crux of it and create healing and create a shift quicker than if we just hammered away our old patterns and behaviors.
1: Mm, thank you. It's so, it's really lovely to hear the, those examples and you know, just to see how how simple it, it can be if we're open to if we're open to connection and and being heard you know and sharing that kind of that depth of our, of our being and it's a really simple way to do it and I, I just want to add this piece um, which, which I think will really help people get their heads around what you know what is this NBC thing and how does it work so one of I mean NBC' is a model and there are many models in the world and um, one of the assumptions that's made in this model is that all human beings share the same universal human needs. So when we name our needs, because other people have the same needs, even if they're not what's pressing at that moment, we all have those same needs. It's easy to understand because we all know what it is to want love and connection and belonging and food when we're hungry or shelter. We know what those needs are. So it's, it's the naming of the needs uh, which really allows for me the heart opening because i kind of see the humanity of like oh yeah i see you were doing that because you wanted to belong or i i hear that what you're really wanting is some peace of mind or that you you really need to be heard and that it's that that makes the shift so the the cards are such a simple tool and yet so powerful Mm. help us hone in to those feelings and needs and we and then we don't need the other words
0: Mm. Yeah, and and I I guess it's also worth raising that whilst it's so simple, it's also not something that's very easy to learn by watching online or sitting in a two-hour workshop. It is something that needs to be felt and experienced because in, I think, all of the trainings that I've been in over the years, which is quite a lot now, (laughs) um, the most impactful learning has been when people have used real examples of situations that are tricky for them and obviously that's managed carefully in a workshop so that isn't something that we open and can't close but um, that people you know to see people go through a process of being seen and heard and supported to sort of really unpick what they're feeling and what they're needing and then when when, you know that moment when people go oh that's it and you know the tears that that are often present and that sort of really open-hearted vulnerability that isn't pain, but it's something different that's around being allowed to be fully yourself without all the guards and all of the armour that we carry in in everyday life. And then the aha moments that follow whenever they're able to then make different requests of, you know, in these imaginary scenarios that are, um, or, or real scenarios, but that are being simulated let's say um yeah it's a really great learning and it is a you know I definitely recommend to anybody who ever who's a human (laughs) and wants to be able to communicate better with themselves and their loved ones and the world or or at least hear things and and hear things differently definitely recommend people to do a foundation course because it's just a window into a different potential and it filters into everything. You know, I see it in all the work that I have been involved with over the years, permaculture, the, um, the work that reconnects my eco psychology, forest school, teaching, all the things that I do, I can be with, the, you know, this filters into life, everyday life, my parenting, the way that I see and and experience my relationships and Yeah it's not a separate thing. I think sometimes people fear it's about taking on something new in a different way. And, and, um, and actually, yeah, it's something that is about life and every day, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely.
1: And um, I, I think the, the piece that's difficult for people to hold um, and that, that is why, why I think it's quite important to keep coming back is, is that it, it's a paradigm shift. We're not just learning a new language. We're learning a different way of thinking and, and it does require taking responsibility for myself. And, you know, we live, in a, we live in a culture where it's easy to kind of go, whose fault is it? And MVC does require us to take responsibility for ourselves so that it's the paradigm shift that's the, the tricky piece, I think. And it helps to go back to a training because then somebody will hold that paradigm for you and allow you to experience it so that you can then inhabit it a little bit more fully.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that is the times we're in, isn't it? We we I've had I've said this before on um on a podcast that actually there are so many things available to us in terms of personal growth and training and um that we could be doing, especially with the rise of online um <laughs> stuff. It's 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 a bit overwhelming sometimes. And but it's also a bit of a responsibility that there are things available to us now that are clearly useful and effective in terms of helping um, helping us all to come back into a more connected and balanced way of living. and And ultimately, that's what we need if we're going to actually move humanity forwards in a good way and actually... Individ- an individual level just have more peace in our hearts and know that we are doing what we can whilst we're here to to live well in accordance with you know the laws of nature and, and and the best way that we can so yeah it's an opportunity and I do feel like you know something that that MVC is definitely one of those things that if people could actually see themselves heading into at least looking into um yeah I feel like a lot of things would be different So, on that, if people are interested in MVC, how
1: do they find out more? Uh, There's well, there's a couple of websites that they could look up. So, there's um, if they want my website, it's sarahludford.co.uk, and there's an MVC um, UK website which has information about trainings that are run by UK-based trainers. So that's. Um, mvc-uk.com, and there's also the um, Center for Nonviolent Communication, which is based in the US. So that's cnvc.org. Mm-hmm. Those are the yeah. And actually, if you if you just Google mvc, nonviolent communication, and Marshall Rosenberg, there are hours and hours of um, videos of Marshall, who, who's now who who died, um, I think about five years ago. Um, but there's hours and hours of him um, talking about NBC and telling some of the stories that you uh, referred to, so you can hear them from from uh, Marshall himself if you just uh, if you just Google nonviolent communication and Marshall Rosenberg.
0: Mm. And for people who are in in the UK and who are interested in doing some in person um, trainings, have you got something coming up?
1: Yeah, again, you can look on the MVC UK website for that or on my website. I, I am doing a day in Manchester. A lot of the training is moved online now. and it, So, you know, it's, we're still sort of tentatively exploring the in-person um, environment again. But we are doing a day in Manchester on July the 10th. And that's for people who are new to MVC and people who have some experience. And that's um, it's called reducing the distance between us. So again, check out my website, um, or just drop me a message if you're interested in in that day. Reducing the
0: difference between us, uh, the distance, reducing the distance the between, between us. Okay. Yeah. Great, cool. And yeah, I guess I also wanted to um, it was something I wanted to speak about earlier on in the conversation. So before um, before we finish, I guess I would like to draw people's attention to. Um, there's probably more up to date stuff than this now, actually, but it's something that I came across about. Um, seven or eight years ago frederick Laloux and reinventing organizations that was something that was really exciting to me because it talks about the paradigm shift that is happening um, worldwide in terms of how organizations are restructuring in order to be um, less top-down and dominant but more open to um, you know collective organization and And part of that, and it's how I came across it, was that um, one model, for example, was where there were groups of um, carers who were self organizing um, as an organization in um, Holland, in the Netherlands. And um, there was like a team of NBC conflict uh, resolution people who would be available for any of these little hubs of um, carers who were self organizing themselves what they charged how they organized how they worked so they were able to meet all their problems and needs within their group rather than a big organization but if a problem came up they were able to call in the support from this MVC organization um little hub that would come and then look at what was going on for the for the group and there's probably a whole lot of language around that that I'm not using now that that's more helpful <laughs> in describing it but for me um that book, the the first film that I watched, um the idea that this these kinds of um teal organizations that I think Frederick Lalou mentions that are looking to beyond the you know the capitalist and um dominant structure of um top-down organization, but actually to a more collective. Um, way of organising which just blew my mind actually so I'm calling that in now because uh, I think it's still very relevant and it's related to sociocracy and holocracy and um, and other um, really progressive and interesting models that exist and I'm sure there's lots more out there but um, I'm going to put that in the show notes as well and I don't know if you want to uh, speak to that
1: at all Sarah. I will just say that um, NVC Matters uh, which is a community interest company and uh, is the is the most organised um, piece of MVC in the UK and it's it's they they run the website and um, support the conflict transformation work that that I'm involved in. Um, they use holocracy, so MVC mm-hmm. and holocracy go go very well together. So and, and I know of other organisations who are having this kind of flat level management structure and working with MVC. So. Um, mm-hmm. The two do go very well together.
0: Yeah, exciting because it, it feels to me that you know that those uh, changes at those levels are, are really needed and really important, and um, and it takes us away a little bit from feeling like the responsibility is all on us as individuals. But actually, you know, there is there are things happening at a structural and organizational level which um, are going to have a significant impact on how things grow. Um, as we move into the future, and it feels hopeful to me. It feels really hopeful. So, um yeah. Um, and I don't know if you have any final words before we finish.
1: I, I, no, I think I'm. I think I'm. I'm. I mean, there's so much more that we, we could. <laughs> I think well, I'll, I'll leave it there because if I say anything else, it will take us off on another, another tangent. And I know we need to to yeah. Maybe We need to do this again
0: yes absolutely i would love to you know this feels like a nice introduction to MVC and i know that there are so many specific and particular areas that we could actually focus on um so yeah maybe we'll do that another time i just want to say thank you thank you for the work that you do sarah thank you for being here today and sharing your wealth of experience and knowledge and training and um and yeah it's been a great conversation
1: Thank you for having me. It's been great to to share some uh, inspiring thoughts and ideas with somebody who I know is also passionate about NVC. Thank you.